Addiction, in all its forms, is inflicting damage on individuals, families, and communities in epidemic proportions. The scourge has been faced with a myriad of methods, treatments, and programs. Sadly, relapse is more common than recovery. Can changing the mental framing for current alcoholics or those addicted to or dependent on drugs change the game? Todd Sylvester offers hope, healing, and a path to transcending current negative behavior on this episode of Therefore What? Therefore What? is a weekly podcast that breaks down the news while breaking down barriers, challenges you in the status quo, explores timely topics and timeless principles, and leaves you confident to face what's next. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News, and this is Therefore What? All right, we're very pleased today to be joined by Todd Sylvester. Todd Sylvester Inspires. Uh, this is a conversation that matters to me. It's a conversation that we don't have nearly enough, uh, and that is all around addiction and recovery. And uh, Todd, we've uh, known each other for a number of years. Yes. Uh, you've got an extraordinary story, and y- you hear people a lot of times, especially in the addiction and recovery space, you know, talk about making lemons out of lemonade. Uh, right. That's one of those common things that people like to, to right. talk about. But you had a lemonade stand experience that literally changed the direction of your life. Tell us about that. Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Boyd. And it's been great to know you over the years. And it's an honor to be on this today. Um, Yeah, I had an amazing experience that changed the course of my life forever at a lemonade stand. You know, I was uh, in the process of trying to get clean. I was addicted to alcohol and other drugs. I had done everything under the sun. But even worse than that, I was just a miserable person. I, mm-hmm. I honestly had thoughts of not wanting to be here, wanting to end yeah. my life, and you know, which kind of goes hand in hand with addiction. Um, you get you get that hopeless feeling, and yeah. and I was really struggling. And at the same time, I was a bartender which is not good for an alcoholic. Not a, not a great place to be for an alcoholic. <laughs> right. At the time, I thought it was great. Free booze, you know, this is awesome. And But as a bartender, um, you get, you know, I get tips from the waiters and waitresses and then also anyone that would sit at the bar, and I got really good at getting tips. I would, I'd always give the first drink free. And, you know, so like, oh, now it always guarantee me a pretty good size right. tip. Uh, I'd also get a lot of change. People would leave change. And, and so I'd keep this change in the cup holders of my car, like nickels, dimes, and quarters. And, you know, I was I was kind of on, like in relapse mode. I had a really amazing experience with a friend. You know, I I, I had said a prayer for the first time in my life asking for help. And I, re- I, I actually received some help. But from that point up until this moment at the lemonade stand, I was still really struggling. This voice in my head was telling me I was pathetic and no good and mm. you'll never be clean. And, you know, just this just this vicious cycle of misery. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. I was driving. It was on a Saturday. It was a beautiful sunny day. And I was driving out of my neighborhood. And I, out of the corner of my eye, I see this little girl selling lemonade. No big deal. I drive right on past. And... I had this impression come over me. It's like, you know, turn around and give her all the money in your car. And at this period of time, I had about $40 with a quarters, nickels, and dimes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and, you know, is what you always refer to as it was one of those Kairos moments. Mm. But I didn't know it at the time. Like, well, that would be cool. Let's give this girl all this money. So I flip my car around and I pull up and there's this cute little fourth grade girl sitting there, you know, smiling. And I said, how much? And she said, 25 cents. I said, I'll take one. So she pours it, you know, hands it to me. I set it on the dash and I tell her to cup her hands. And I said, 
cup your hands here and hold on. And I start scooping all this money into her hands, right? And she's freaking out. She's like, no way. I'm like, hold on. I got more, you know, and I just keep scooping. And it takes me like eight or nine scoops to get all of it. And I'm, I'm getting into every little, you know, one I can find. And I'm like, here's more. And she's just freaking out and she's just beaming. Yeah. And the last scoop, she drops on the table and runs into her house. Oh, my goodness. And in my mind, I'm thinking she's going to go tell her parents some dude just gave her a million bucks. Right? <laughs> And as I pull away, you know, I don't, you know, for the listeners out there, I don't know if you've ever cried so hard you feel like you're cleansing your soul. Mm. This was a soul cleansing cry. I have to pull my car over and I just start to cry. And for the first time I could ever remember, I actually made someone's day because as a drug addict, you become very self-centered. It's mm-hmm. it's like, I'm going to rob from you. I'll cheat you. I'll manipulate you to get yeah. what I want. Right. And here I am doing something. I made this girl's probably decade Wow. Right. And I have to put my car in park because I'm crying so hard. And I just put my face in my hands and sob. And I cry for like, I don't know, a long time. It felt like 20 minutes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, in that moment, I felt like I mattered. I wanted to be clean. Mm. I wanted to help other people. I'm like, I want to do this again. And, you know, a lot of addicts kind of have this mentality of all or nothing. Right. And right. I had it. And I still do. <laughs> I'm all in or I'm all out. And I said, if this girl's there next Saturday, I'm going to give her all my money. So on purpose, the next Saturday I drive by, and sure enough, there she is selling lemonade yeah. again. And I give her all my money again. <laughs> and I do this every Saturday for the next two and a half months. Wow. And every time I pull away from there, I, I start to cry again. And this desire of being clean and wanting to be good and realizing I am good mm-hmm. was just, you know, sitting, you know, in my soul again and igniting. There's a famous quote by Ferdinand Foch. He says, the most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul on fire. Mm. This lit my soul on fire. Yeah. And so wow. that was kind of the experience in a nutshell, but uh, yeah. it really did change the course of my life. Yeah. For it, sure. Yeah. Uh, amazing what can happen at, at a uh, lemonade stand. <laughs> and, and, and just so you know, uh, I have taken that to be my new mode. I did it just yesterday. Really? I flew back awesome. in from Japan. I was driving home. There was a lemonade stand uh, in my neighborhood, and oh, right I just on. emptied the cup holder. <laughs> right on. Uh, so, so we're paying it forward just a little bit. So cool. Uh, well, you, well, you hit so many things in, in there, Todd. Uh, so many people who are addicted who, who who have some of those challenges, they they do get in that vicious cycle. Because on one hand, they're, they are being very selfish and very self-centered, yes. uh, manipulative. Lying, cheating, all of those things that that happen. Uh, And at the same time, their sense of self-worth is just gone. It's gone. Uh, And I think it's why recovery is such a such a challenge and yeah. it's so hard to to really help people get on that path uh, but you've really made it your your life's work uh, to help yes. people get on that path and uh, Absolutely, so let's yeah. let's talk about that for a minute tell us about the kinds of things you're doing yeah sure so you know one of the things i'm very passionate about is belief systems you know we all have a belief system and our belief system's got a lot of good in it and there's some negative things and irrational yeah, things in our belief sure. system. and this goes along with everybody drug addicts belief system is it's probably 90% irrational and negative versus the 10% that may be positive or mm-hmm. somewhat good. And so, and the reason why I'm passionate about belief systems is because belief dictates the way we behave, behave yeah. every time. Yeah. And so what I do is I, when, with clients or if I'm speaking to a group, I focus on the belief system, not the behavior. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sitting in front of a heroin addict, I mean, duh, don't do heroin anymore. That's easy to say <laughs> right, that. Right. Stop doing behavior, it. Behavior. Behavior 
behavior, behavior, behavior. Well, no, it's like, why do you do that? What's the underlying belief that you have about yourself? It's the story you tell yourself about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that story has been playing over and over in our heads, right. typically with a drug addict, for decades sometimes. Yeah. And it becomes their reality. It com- becomes their belief. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what I try and do is I go in and I unravel that fairy tale story. And I call it a fairy tale because it, ain't, it isn't it's real. real. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was a liar, cheater, thief, criminal, manipulator when I was using. But to my core, and it chokes me up, it's not who I am. Right. And what I love to do with a, someone who's struggling with drug addiction is scraping all that away. Who are you really to yeah. your core? And I always try to remind them when you were this tall, you know, uh, for your listeners, I'm, you know, like when you were one or two years old, who were you then? Yeah. And, you know, they start listing off these qualities. That's who you are. But you've created a story from, from there until now that's irrational. And so that's one of my favorite things to do yeah. is to unravel that story and go, see, you've been telling yourself a lie yeah. this whole time. Yeah. And that's what I did with me. I was telling myself a lie the whole time. So, so I want to drill down on that a little bit because part of, part of your approach that I, that I really love, and there's, uh, there's lots of great programs out there that do a lot of good. Sure. Um, and they all have components that work, some better, some, some less better. Uh, <laughs> right. But you have something that I think is so critical, and that is some of the programs often have people label and identify themselves as, I'm, I'm an addict, yes. I'm an alcoholic, and it becomes part of their introduction Yes. Uh, And you take a very different approach to that. Tell us why. Yes, I do. Thank you. Well, labels are cages, or I I should say they can be. Labels can also set us free, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Labels. So if I, like, one of my favorite things to do, again, if I'm sitting in front of a drug addict, one of my clients, and they'll say, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. And I'll say, well, did you have a drink today? And they'll say, no. Did you have one yesterday? No. But And I'll say, so are you really right now? And the truth is you're clean. Right. At this moment, you're clean, but yet you'll label yourself a drug addict or an alcoholic. Now, I get the reasoning behind it because yes. we, we don't want to- it's, it's ownership and- Yeah. yeah. I'm not denying that I've got a yeah. problem because I know I, right. I on August 5th this year, I'll be clean 30 years. Wow. But I know that if I go to a bar tonight and drink, I'm back in my Dude. addiction again. Yeah. I get it. That's right. But I, I'm clean. I am clean. It's possessive. Yeah. I really believe that. And I, and if it's okay, if I can take a little liberty and share a story Please. that proves this point so powerfully. So I had a wonderful opportunity back in December to speak at the Utah State Prison. And I've never spoken there before. I've spoken at detention centers and this and that. Sure. This was something brand new, and I'll be honest with you, I was nervous. So I get there, I have to do a background check, I have to walk through a metal detector. Go through all the doors. Yeah, all the doors. There's three (laughs) guards there, and they're like, okay, here's how we're going to go in the gymnasium. There'll be probably 125 inmates. And I'm like, really? Whoa. And they said, if something goes down, make sure you're standing by one of us. And I'm like, is there something going to go down? I'm like, so anyway. Don't blow it. No pressure. Don't blow it. No pressure. (laughs) So we get in there, and it's a a center block gymnasium. It's a small little, you can hear every little, you know, sound, every chair movement, everything. And um, they have three of the inmates give five minute, five minutes each about their story mm. before I get up there. And they want me to take an hour and a half. And I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to do this? This is like freaking me out a little bit. My heart's pounding. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, when I stood up after these three guys went before me, they set the stage, man. They had these guys like mm. in the palm of their hand. They were all listening. I kid you not, there was not one guy talking to their neighbor. It was like eyes focus. on me, focus. It was the most, really, truly, I've never felt so much humility. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, I share my story, 
And you know, and you you do a lot of speaking events, Boyd, where you know you've kind of got the audience, yep. you've got them. That's what it felt like. I'm like, man, these guys are listening to everything. Yeah. And I have this impression again. Ask them this question. So I ask them, how many of you are criminals? Raise your hand. Every hand goes up, right? And they're looking at me like, well, duh, dude, we're I'm in <laughs> we're, we're in, in a prison. prison. <laughs> and I said, why are you lying to yourselves? I mm. said. Why are you lying? And the hands start to slowly go down. And they're still looking at me like, what are you talking about? Dude, we're in prison. I said, how many of you by the show of hands committed a crime today? Raise your hand right now. Not one hand goes up. I said, how many of you committed a crime yesterday? Not one hand goes up. And I said, see, you have been lying to yourself. And then I asked him these questions. I said, how many of you have told the truth today? And it looked like every hand went up. There might have been a couple didn't go up, but every hand goes up. And then I said, how many of you have... um, Followed the rules today. Every hand goes up. I said, how many of you have done the right thing when no one was looking today? I'm not kidding you. It looked like every hand went up. And then I said, how many of you have shown respect to your cellmate today? Every hand goes up. And I said, see? I go, you guys just told me you're honest, you have integrity, you're caring, and you're respectful. And you've been calling yourselves criminals. Boyd, had I not been there, I wouldn't have believed it myself. I got a standing ovation for three minutes. And it was this loud, because it was cinder block. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. And there was this one guy, like, waving his arms, flagging me down. I'm like, what? And he goes, can I come give you a hug? <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely. And he comes up and hugs me. And afterwards, everyone was saying, we've never heard that before. And I says, you label yourself a criminal, then guess what? You're a criminal. criminal. Believe that you have it and you have it. It's an old Latin proverb, right? So stop it. Yes, you've committed criminal behavior. Let's don't deny that. Let's own it. Yeah, Yeah, I screwed up. But today you're clean. Why why don't we say that we're clean, that we're good? We're not criminals. We're whole right now. And focus on that. So that's why I'm passionate about, you know, labeling ourselves the correct way, I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah, that's right. So thanks for letting me share that. I hope that was okay. No, I love that. And uh, it's interesting. You you probably could have also told them that there were probably very few places in America that could answer those questions the way they did. For sure. Whether that was in a business, whether that's in the halls of Congress. Good uh, point. Wherever it is, there were probably a lot of people who didn't tell the truth (laughs) on that day or who had lied or hadn't treated a spouse or a child well. Uh, so wow. they, they may have been uh, the far superior in terms of behavior for that <laughs> for that day, for that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Fascinating. sure. Yeah. So, so let's continue down that path okay. um, because I do think it's so important that we, we do get the right framing uh, in terms of dealing. And, and for our listeners today, whether, whether you're struggling, whether you got a spouse or a child or a grandchild or a neighbor or a colleague at work that you know is struggling, uh, these are all things that can be helpful. And I think right. sometimes we, we sort of shrug our shoulders a little bit and it's like, well, you know, I know Mary's got a problem mm-hmm. or I know Dave's struggling. But a lot of times we don't know what to do. We don't know how to start the conversation. Yeah. Give us some insight there. That's a great question. And I, and I hear this question more than any other question, it seems like. Like I've got a friend or I've got my a son or a daughter who's struggling. Yeah. I don't even know what to say to them. Yeah. You know? And that is a tough thing because it's so sensitive. Because typically the person who's struggling, typically, I say this typically, not everybody, are, they're very guarded about it. Oh, they yeah. get very defensive. And so the person getting ready to ask the question knows that, okay, I'm going to be faithful with some confrontation here. Right. So, and and here's the thing, and and everyone's looking for like this magic way of, and it really is sitting down and going, I I need to share my truth with you. 
Mm-hmm. And saying it like that really kind of sets a different kind of tone mm. almost. And I've I've put this to the test yeah. where I just want to share my truth with you. And they almost like, okay, what are you like? What are you yeah. talking about? And then it's like, I'm worried about you. Yeah. And here's why. And then you list this off. It's just literally about just doing it. Yeah. Because a lot of times the fear is unwarranted. Afterwards, you're like, yeah, there was some confrontation, but I feel so good that I spoke my truth to him. Right. Because- we don't want to go to bed that night not sharing our truth. Had we may have, we could have maybe saved someone's life. Yeah, that's you right. know, maybe they needed to hear it, even though they were defensive. They still deep down are going. I'm so glad they said something. Yeah, you know, and it's literally like I'm here to help you, but you're going to have to do it. And that's the other hard part is. Yeah. You hear this all the time. Well, they're going to have to want to change. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the person's going to want, they're going to yeah. have to want to do that. And the other thing I would add to that, first have the conversation. Yep. Be willing to just have the courage to just yeah. do it. Yeah. You're not perfect at it, but you'll be surprised how good you'd be at it. Yeah. And, and, and just and as you yeah. get into that second point, sure. I, just, I just want to reemphasize because I, I think this is so important, uh, is that we, one, we do have to get comfortable having the uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. That's a, that's a big part of that program to be. Again, but when you're talking about truth or when you're talking about principles, yeah. uh, rather than just the behavior, it sort of shifts the conversation where that, that yeah. person who may, may be addicted or dependent on something, they're not going to feel attacked because you're not going after their behavior. You're not trying to right. fix them. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're just creating space uh, for that principle conversation. Yes. Uh, to start happening. Absolutely. I'm All right, glad. so second thing. No, thank you for pointing that out. That is very well said. Uh, the second point is, is once you've kind of established this, I'm sharing my truth, and you know, again, kind of like you know you have them, mm-hmm. at least they're listening, is is I always like to ask the question, who are you? And most people can't answer that question. If you were to randomly ask people on the road, who are yeah. you? They'd be like, uh, I don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> we don't usually ask that question. Yeah. It's, but it's it's an interesting one if you think about it. When we're little kids, you know, the ages, when we're the time we're born till two, three, four. We know who we are. We really yeah. do. We we may not be able to articulate it because we're young kids, but deep to our we know who we are, mm. and we lose sight of that. I said that wrong. We forget it. Sorry, mm. we don't good lose point. it. Sorry. Good, good point. We forget. We yeah. never lose. And that's one of the things I like telling someone who needs the help. Like, who are you really to your core? And I'll even go back. Who were you when you were this tall? Yeah. Again, listeners, I'm like, you know, one, two years old. Yeah. And it causes them to reflect like, well, I was, and if they're being genuine at that point, yeah. I'm, I was honest. I was joyful. I was brave. I was courageous. Yeah. I was teachable. And I go, where did you hmm. get those characteristics? Where did they even come from? Yeah. And you want to get them to go to that point where I was just born with them because that's the truth. Yeah. And then it's like, see, that's who you really are. And this behavior you're doing right now, I know you want deep down. Yeah. You're like, you don't want to keep doing this. And I know deep down you want that help. And so I have found those, that little simple thing. Yeah. It really, it's like the wall comes down. And so those are some tips. It doesn't always go that way, <laughs> but most of the time you'd be surprised how how um, open the person's to that type of conversation. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing for us, too, to recognize in a lot of those settings. Uh, I, I think we, we sort of have this mind, we either have the mindset of this big, massive intervention moment where, right. you know, we're going to read them the riot act and, you know, take them <laughs> yeah. off somewhere. But but I think a lot of times it, it is just asking the questions, being yeah. willing to listen and, and to have yeah. a different kind of dialogue. Again, not just on the behavior. Every addict knows that their behavior is bad. Right. They, they really know 
know that. So they, they you, do. You don't need to tell. You don't need to tell them that over and over and over again. They right. they get that. Uh, but when you start reminding them, and I'm glad you use that term, reminding them yeah. who they are and and those principles, it's it's very easy where they can start saying, "Yeah, I, I'm not in alignment with yeah. who I really am." Yes. Uh, and, and I would remind our listeners that this applies every bit as much to those <laughs> who aren't dealing with an addiction For or sure. a, a substance issue. That these are the same things when we talk about uh, what makes us so that we're not happy. Things that prevent us from having meaningful, deep relationships that right. allow us to express our talents and abilities yeah. in unique and powerful ways like we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, it often starts with this kind of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, again, very well said. All right. Well, I, yeah. I know you've got a, a couple of, of resources and tools. You do a lot of things in terms of a coaching format, which I am a big fan of because it, it is yeah. how real change and accountability uh, happen. But you also have some other resources. I know you got a book coming out in July. Yeah. Uh, I am recovered. Uh, yeah, and uh, excited for t- that. tell us about the title of that. Yes, a great title. I am recovered. Um, it uh, chokes me up again, so I apologize. You know, one of the things that's taught in 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 the addiction world is you'll always be in recovery. And I get the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the point is you don't want to deny and and say, well, I, I get it. If, if I go back to drinking, I'm in, I'm in trouble. Sure. Yeah. But I think what it does is it, to me, that seems like, man, that's a long life sentence. You know, I, I'm going to be in recovery the rest of my life. Yeah. And I really believe, Boyd, that you can be recovered. Like it's game over. It's done. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I really believe I'm recovered. It's over. Yeah. I'm not, I will not drink again. I'm smart enough to know that I'm not going to go hang out at the bar tonight. I'm not going right. to go hang around people who are doing drugs per se. I'm not going to yeah. do that. I'll go help people in those areas for sure all day yeah. long. But it's a mindset. It's a, again, belief dictates behavior. If I truly believe I'm recovered, man, it is a powerful powerful mm. thing that will propel me in the right direction. And I'm not saying this in an arrogant way that I'm, well, look at me, I'm recovered. It's more of it. Again, it's that belief system internally That's because right. I wasn't born a drug addict. I wasn't born to shoot heroin in my arms. That's not why I'm here. Right. So it's just about, no, I'm, I'm recovered. Or in other words, again, I know who I am. Yeah. That's a powerful place to be. And so that's why the title means so much to me. It's a mindset. It's a. It's like, this is who I am moving forward. Yeah. <clears throat> again, I think that's such an important lesson for, for all of us to take in. Uh, again, so often, again, whether it's diet or drugs or relationships yeah. or... <laughs> You know, pick, sure. your, pick your poison there. Uh, so often we, we get wrapped around this uh, inappropriate labels, right. inappropriate judgment yeah. uh, that always puts us in a position of being less than. Yeah, and wow. I think one of the real challenges in our society is we have so much comparison going on anyway between mm. you know the perfect pictures that everyone's <laughs> posting on Facebook or Instagram or whatever yeah. social media channel they're on. Yeah, that it causes us to to always be comparing to something else, and whether that's comparing to the life that other people have or yeah. comparing to what we think we should be or could be, yeah, as opposed to what we are. Uh, I always say that uh, looking at your life through comparison is is always fatal vision. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I really That's love and appreciate that you have chosen this word recovered yeah. uh, because that, that does give you power. And, yeah. and it gives you, it allows you to function from a position of strength yes. so that you can deal with issues. Again, it's not about being in denial that right. everything's, you know, that everything's fine and dandy. For sure. Um, but it puts you in a position of strength. Talk, talk about some of your experiences with some of your clients in terms of getting them to that moment where they are no longer functioning as an addict. 
yes. in a position of weakness, yeah. less than, and being recovered or empowered or moving forward? That's a great question. You know, one, there's several that come to mind, but one that just recently, I had this uh, kid who, um, he, he's an, he was an alcoholic and uh, also a drug addict at the same time. He was doing heroin and alcohol, you know, just you know, simultaneously tag, team. tag teaming him. Yeah. And, uh, uh, when I met with him, he had, he had gone through detox and he'd been clean for, I think he was going on day seven, which was a very good place for him to be. Yeah. And, and I says, well, why are you here? My first question, he goes, <laughs> he goes, cause I can't stop doing drugs. And I said, Oh really? I said, did you do drugs today? He goes, no. And I go, did you do them yesterday? No. Did you do them the day before? No. Did you do them the day before? No. I go, did you hear what you just said? You're here cause you can't stop, but you've stopped. And again, not denying that there's an issue here. And right. There's a lot to dig into, but I hit him right off the bat with that. And it was just like, I've never thought of it that way. And I think, Boyd, that we have this amazing gift of agency. We, it's, a, it's a gift, man. And I think we take it for granted how powerful that can be, both negatively and positively. And this kid, it was like this light bulb turned on and he was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have stopped. I have stopped. <laughs> yeah. And so, again, I'm trying to lay this foundation to start to stand your life on again. Yeah. Okay, okay, so I can choose to not use today. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. You yeah. really, truly can. And you did. And you did. <laughs> and you've actually chose the last seven days to do that. Yeah. And here you are. You're not jumping the fence to get out of here to go use. I mean, look at you're sitting here even. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? And he's like, I'm choosing to stay here. I make a here. choice. I make yeah. a choice. And so, it's again, it's about looking at it for what it really, truly is. And so, those little, you know, things like that leading them for the other thing I talk about, you know, you're not powerless. You're actually powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you know, like if, you know, we have this bottled water between Boyd and I, I mean, if that was vodka, yeah, okay, it's vodka. I don't have to grab it. It doesn't have power over me. It's a liquid. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's in a plastic container. It, it doesn't control me. I'm in charge of me. I might have the thought of, oh, you know, I'd like to maybe drink that. The thought comes in, but sure. I'm not that thought. Right. And that's the other thing I mm. teach my clients. You're not that. So I don't have to go grab it and put it to my lips and drink it. I don't have to. And I can choose not to, even though the thought was there. And, and then, you know, you learn how to, you know, kind of segregate from that thought, realizing that's not me. Yeah. I can choose not to grab it, which I do. Yeah. Those, I think those choices are, are so important. I want to talk for a minute because um, I think this is all interconnected because often uh-huh. we, we talk about relapse. Right. Uh, and that's sort of the, the peak and valley of, of addiction and dependence. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's also my yo-yo diet <laughs> 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 yeah. and a host of other New Year's resolutions. <laughs> sure, that, you know, sure. Don't make it past January 21st. <laughs> right. Um, but, but that's yeah. a pattern for a lot of us sure. um, in, in terms of just that we get committed to something, we get going, and then we either get distracted or discouraged or frustrated or feeling less than, and then we kind of throw it all out the window. Yeah, uh, right. And so talk to me for a minute about, one, how you prevent that, and then how do you get to the point where, uh, and because you described this earlier, you talked about this life sentence of recovery, uh, which I, I love the visual of that because yeah. because for a lot of us, again, whether it's diet or dependence, yeah. we, we sort of feel like we have to do this white knuckle, we got to white knuckle right. our way through everything. Yeah. You know, we got to just hang on for one more day. And, and that's impossible. Yeah. So how do we get past that? Well, I think uh, it's it's about overcoming some ignorance. Okay. And I, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, meaning we, if we don't understand something fully, then a lot of times that information or lack of will control mm-hmm. us in a negative way. So for, for a simple example, I don't like the word sober. 
because the definition of sober is the periods in between using. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is if I say I'm sober, I'm saying I'm in the I'm in between the period before I drink again. Right. Right? I like the word clean. Clean is uh again, recovered. I'm done. It's game over. Mm-hmm. I'm not white knuckling it. I've made the decision. I'm not counting days. Right. You know, I think it was uh, Tony Robbins that says if you're counting the days, it's not lasting change. Yeah. And so Again, it's about, and, and I know there's people out there that do that, and, and I have no problem counting the days if you're celebrating, yeah, you're hey, I yeah. made it a year, this is yeah. amazing, good for you, I'll be the first one to celebrate with you. But if I'm counting every second, white knuckle, holding on for dear life, it's because really what I'm saying is I'm not done, right? Yeah. And I'll, I, you know, so that plays a huge part in that, honestly, is understanding what we're really saying here. And overcoming it. And people, when, I, when we talk about these simple little, well, quit saying sober, say you're clean. Like, you're done. It's game over. And at first, people are like, what? They think I'm crazy. Yeah. But again, I, what I'm trying to teach them is how powerful they are. And they knew it again when they were one, two, yeah. this tall, just That's this right. short little kid. They knew it to their core. Yeah. And we've just forgotten. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm doing is going back to that. And you're right. It's not just about addiction. It's about anything in our life. Right. Anything. Yeah. It's about understanding who we really are and that we have the power to overcome those certain things. Yeah. If fantastic. that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not sure fantastic. if I answered the whole yeah, question. No, there, but... that's fantastic. And I know you have a, uh, a belief cast. Yeah. Uh, not a podcast, but a belief cast, which I love. Thank uh, you. And uh, we'll, we'll get this up on our website as well in terms of where people can go and, and get some of those resources that you've been talking about Thank you. today. Therefore what? You know the podcast is Therefore What? And so this is the moment where we ask the Therefore What question. So people have been listening to this podcast for 25 minutes or so now. Uh, What's the Therefore What? What do you hope people think different? What do you hope they do different after listening to this podcast today? Great question. And what I'm hoping is that anyone who's out there who's struggling or has a family member who's struggling is that... We are powerful human beings. We do need help, and we always will be in a position where we need help. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here had I not had several hundred people helping me. But at the end of the day, what I'm hoping people will walk away with is that I am a powerful human being. Not an arrogant or cocky, but a humble, confident, capable, teachable, brave human being. And I want you to start labeling yourself those things. I am those things. And add your name to it. I taught am capable. I taught am brave. I taught am teachable. Versus I am broken. I am damaged. I am an alcoholic. Than, I will, yeah. I'm less than. I'm not good enough. I'll never make it. You know. And so that's really my big, hopefully, takeaway for, for your listeners is they'll hold on to that and start telling themselves the truth versus the fairy tale lie. ToddSylvesterInspires.com is the place yep. to uh, gather all the information there. And again, whether this is for yourself, for a loved one, a spouse, a colleague, a neighbor, a friend, these are principles, uh, which is what we love to focus on on this Therefore What program, yeah. uh, because principles drive behavior. Uh, and that's how we really make transformation and uh, are able to really do and fulfill uh, everything that we're, we're capable of. Todd Sylvester, thanks for joining us on hey, Therefore What today. Thanks so much, Boyd. My honor. Thank Thank you. Remember, after the story is told, after the principle is presented, after the discussion and the debate have been had, the question for all of us is, therefore what? Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening today, and be sure to rate this episode and leave us a review. Follow us on DeseretNews.com slash TW and subscribe to our newsletter. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Therefore What?